0: Here we go. (coughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope, not yet. Oh, fucking hell. Not yet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Hello, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows I love with the people I tolerate. I am your TV watching and talking host, Jen, and just like the whereabouts, Eric is back in the bubble to discuss the second half of the final season of one of the wildest hours of TV in recent years, The Doom Patrol. Welcome back, Eric. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, oh, good. How are you? Oh, oh, let's not do that <laughs> you know anymore. I was going <laughs> to say, should we just record the whole Amazon like this? <laughs> no. Way to lose listeners.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, all right. We're going to go ahead and just kind of Get going on this episode because I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, because it's Eric and I, and it's the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Doom Patrol season four, part two. So this is the official series finale, the the final season with the finale and everything. Um, it's currently available only on HBO, but make sure you're following your local library. Check in with your local library on when they might get season four because there's a good chance that they have the first three seasons. Because we have it at our teeny tiny library, so if we have it, I have to imagine bigger libraries will also have it, Mm -hmm. like the one in Oregon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You were waiting for it, (laughs) weren't you?
0: (laughs) You know, we were actually
2: supposed to go to the library together, and that just didn't end up happening.
0: No, and that's all right. I think, what did we end up doing that weekend? I don't know, something. Something, something, something else. Where I was like, uh, we, could, we can make it work, but I was like, I'll wait and see if I hear from Eric. <laughs>
2: Didn't I reach out to you, though?
0: Th- no, no, not that weekend. Oh, not, not the weekend we were planning oh, on going. Oh, that's my bad. Oh, no, don't worry about it, because <laughs> I was like, because I think it was still just kind of a tentative Yeah,
2: there were thing. no nothing was solid, Mm-mm. right.
0: So the series stars Diane Guerrero, April Bowlby, Matt Bomer... Riley Shanahan. Okay, wait. I just have to say real quick that when it comes to Matt Bomer, like, I have had crushes on unavailable celebrities before. Mm-hmm. And just like, I just get ooey gooey <laughs> and <cautious> gosh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I find, and I love, and like, the exact same thing goes for Matt, but like, way, way like just adds that other layer of unattainable uh being unattainable
2: like it's the it, it's like horny jail that you know you just can't do anything about yeah. like you know because c- it's
0: like not only is he a celebrity but he's he's gay mm-hmm. and he has a partner mm-hmm. and they have children
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i will still lust after that man i do not give a shit he is a oh, he's fine so specimen handsome. dude he's so good looking Oh, my God. It's not
2: fair. It's it not isn't. fair to be that good looking.
0: <laughs> it isn't fair. Damn it, Matt Bomer. Stop being so good looking. <laughs> you
2: ever watch show White Collar? Yes. Oh, God. That's how I got introduced to him? Yeah. Oh,
1: man.
0: I was late to the White Collar party. Um, my my friend, Aaron, who hosts It's a Fandom Thing podcast, yeah. Yeah. we did an episode covering White Collar for her podcast. So that's how yes. I got into it. Because she's like, well, if you like Matt Bomer, yeah. Yeah. how have you not watched this? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But um, okay, so Matt Bomer, Riley Shanahan, and Brendan Fraser, Matthew Zuck, Jovian Wade, Michelle Gomez, and so many more. The TV series was created by Jeremy Carver, and there are many writer credits to give out, so here's just a handful. Uh, Shoshana Sachi, Eric Deedle, Tom Farrell, Tanya Steele, Ezra Clinton Daniels, Um, and that's just kind of like the first group that I saw as I was scrolling through IMDb. Mm -hmm. And each of them wrote multiple episodes. And again, there are several more to list. Genius
2: writers. Genius writers. Seriously. So funny.
0: And then it's based on the DC characters originally created by Arnold Drake and Bob Haney with artist Bruno Primani. And then from my understanding, the series follows Grant Morrison's run with the Doom Patrol. Okay. So over the years cuz the Doom Patrol is it obvious that I read Wikipedia this morning?
2: No. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um the Doom Patrol was originally created in the 60s and then after kind of its first run someone else took over for a little bit and then Grant came in and did it for a few years mm. and then a woman took over after that and I can't remember if it exchanged hands again. Okay. But from my understanding from Reddit is that the series takes a lot from the Grant Morrison era. Okay, cool. So that's awesome. So here we are with your spoiler warning and brief brief synopsis. Hmm. So what IMDb says, and I'm just going to take the synopsis for season four, episode seven, because uh, they don't, IMDb doesn't have season synopsis. But while trapped in Orkwith. Jane ropes Cliff into hunting for their longevities as Vic gives Derek his own superhero moment by taking on the Scissorman. And that is an oversimplification for even that episode.
2: Yeah, that first episode, actually, (laughs) of the second half of the season, I thought was the most confusing.
0: Yeah. So what I says about the second half is, first of all, I still hate seasons with different parts that air separately. Mm-hmm. It's completely unfucking necessary. Mm-hmm. Clean it up. Um, but I am going to miss this bonkers ass show that equally does and doesn't take itself too seriously. It is a great mix of the absurd and heart with a dash of silliness and a whole lot of fun. This show isn't necessarily about these people being superheroes, but more about acceptance of oneself. All the good and the bad, and the messy ass journey that goes along with true self discovery.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's especially the Doom with
0: especially with how everything ended.
2: Oh man, do you? So I was listening to our part one uh, episode mm-hmm. uh, just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, because when, whenever we do these uh, season episodes, I always like to go back and listen to our previous recordings so I can always try to pick up where we left off. But this one's a little different because you know. S- Hearts, mm-hmm. you know and by the way in that in that first half of the recording you went on a very wonderful wonderful rant about how much you hate the, how much you hate how series do this <laughs> oh it was fantastic oh i, remember, I laughed so hard <laughs> i
0: remember i did that but i guess i didn't i don't recall like really going on oh you were but grinding
2: um, yes. <laughs> but uh oh, where was i going with this you know we had a lot of uh we, we were talking a lot about just like you know, how we want to see the characters, like, end their stories at the mm-hmm. end of this. And I am going to say that even though it did not quite happen the way that I predicted, I would say that I became the closest out of the two of us about the whole birds flying into the sunset thing. Do you remember that Rand? you remember yeah, when I was talking cause about every, that?
0: We, yeah, because everything was going to turn into a bird and fly away.
2: Yep, yep, yep.
0: <laughs> so which part are you thinking specifically?
2: Well, Technically, Jane flew away. Fair technically, enough. Uh, technically, Larry flew away. Oh my God. Yes!
1: Oh, Larry! In a very,
2: very, very extreme technical roundabout way, Rita flew away. Very technical, but still, I mean, it happened. <laughs> yeah. In a way. And then, and then, oh.
0: And then Cliffy. Oh, and then
2: Cliffy. We'll talk about that We later will. <laughs>
0: so, we'll go ahead and we'll start with just our general thoughts for this half of season four, mm-hmm. and then we'll segue into whatever rants, raves, faves, or fan gushes, or ugly cries you know we know how need how we to do. do.
2: You know how we do.
0: So, <laughs> what are your general thoughts for part two?
2: General thoughts. I've said this, I think... Every time I've been asked about a general thought about every season we've ever recorded this show. And this is not a show that you could just give a general thought about. It is so out there. And like you said, it's a bonkers show. You know, it's a bonkers show that I'm going to miss. Um, general thoughts is I am very, very glad that we got to see the ending. I'm glad that it got the ending that it did. I thought it was very suitable. Every character in the show i felt like was treated properly in the end with their endings um and finding the meaning of their life you know Mm -hmm. whether that meant their life had to come to an end but it was you know it 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 ended on a very on a a very happy note for them for the most part um or they were starting new beginnings you Mm -hmm. know like like uh jane and casey for instance Mm -hmm. you know in their five hundred square foot spaceship with a cat. I mean, mm-hmm. come on! Oh
0: my god! I mean, I, I just and I love that Jane just wanted to get a sublet, yeah, and, and just paint, paint for a bit. I Seriously, like, oh,
1: I love you guys.
2: Oh, I mean, it was really, it it, it was really a vi- it was an emotional and just well written ending to this group of characters because. Doom Patrol hasn't always been all hit, you know. There's been a lot of misses over the over the seasons with Doom Patrol, but for the most part, this show has nailed, you know, its stories on the head. Mm -hmm. I I will talk a little later about some things that I kind of wish we could have seen more, but for the most part, general thought, I thought it was a wonderful ending to a great series.
0: Awesome, yeah. I'd have to say that for I overall, I did really like it. I loved the ending for our characters. Yeah. For our crazy little family. And I, I love that everyone, in a way, kind of got like a happily ever after.
1: Yeah, You yeah, know? for sure.
0: Because um, that looks different for everybody. Yeah. I, and I loved all the bits surrounding the actual characters of the Doom Patrol and their moments together and their moments of self-realization and acceptance mm-hmm. and moving forward with their own life based on their own choices. Yeah. Attaboy, Vic.
2: Yeah, damn right.
0: But the Immortus storyline mm. and everything with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm a little on the fence about. Okay, we might have to do a like a mini bubble revisit after I've watched mm. do like a binge watch of maybe at least the whole last season or the whole series. Sure. Because I don't love it. I didn't love the way um, the Immortus storyline played out. Yeah. I didn't entirely love the way that the werebutts, their part played out, but because of how it all came together at the end with Amortis rising to fame mm-hmm. with the werebutts as her backup dancers and singers, like that is so Doom Patrol. And it then is. and then the giving of the toenails to the Doom Patrol is so That is Doom so Patrol. Doom Patrol, yeah. So I'm kind of conflicted where these individual pieces, Mm -hmm. eh, not really doing a whole hell of a lot for me.
1: Sure, sure.
0: But when you look at the big, big picture like a puzzle and it all comes together, as bonkers and as weird and as maybe not my fave as it is, it fucking worked.
2: And that's the thing about Doom Patrol and how this series is actually how it's always worked, you know, the series itself. If you really like, if you were to read (laughs) just a single script for a single episode of doom patrol without actually watching anyone act it out, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? And how is it going to work? Mm -hmm. You know, you have singing butts with a screaming banshee who's in portals and
0: interdimensional time gods and yes
2: and toenail eating to restore your youth and just there's like so many things that just don't make sense but once you see it acted and that's the thing that's just the thing that's the brilliance actually about the writing and the people who are involved in the series too they make it work Mm -hmm. they make it make sense your your brain is still like what the fuck is going on but you're still like but i get it
0: because like in that last episode. You know, when they, air quotes, they defeat Immortus, but really it was the singing butts. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of like vanish into some portal wormhole. And then, you know, the gang goes back to the mansion Mm -hmm. and just making pancakes and they're all old and whatever. And I'm like, is that seriously going to be it for the Immortus? the whole Amortis plotline? Like what the I was a little like, what the fuck? But you
2: gotta like how how much Larry called it out though at, yes. at the breakfast table. <laughs>
0: but then but then yes, Amortis comes back and she's all yeah. like super famous. So the first half of the season of this whole Amortis Will Rise, I think what we were, were not being told was rise to fame. It wasn't just Amortis is gonna rise mm-hmm. but because Amortis had Isabel's body. This is just, cause I didn't really completely understand how Isabel, like other than just spending all that time in the time stream. Yeah. How she then herself became a time God in an interdimensional time God. Like did a mortis already kind of exist as like this omnipresent form and then since there was a living body in the time stream, it kind of inhabited her? I would
2: think so. I, and, it, and that makes sense. Because she was down there for what, like 10,000 years or something? Uh, it she, was something she like was that. Like 10, yeah, it was at least, I think at least 10,000 years. And yeah, so Immortus just had to have been like this omnipresence that was just there in the time stream. And it latched onto her. And, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a possession almost. Yes. You know?
0: That's kind of how I was maybe thinking. Because I'm like, Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm trying not to overthink this wild-ass show. But I do like that we did get some kind of ending for Isabel fucking Feathers. Because after she fell in that time hole, we only saw her one other time when she was floating past Oh, when they were in the top. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. When they had, like, the the squids on their head or whatever. Or jellyfish. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so I was like, okay, so I guess she's just lost there forever. No big deal. Didn't really think too much of it. So... I didn't completely hate it that... It just kind of felt like a nice clean clean up to a loose end.
2: Sure, sure.
0: That I was like, all right, I guess I'll work with this. Yeah. This is what we're given. Okay, we'll see. And yeah, up until that moment of her coming back and giving out the toenails and Cliff being all like, put it in my feet hole. (laughs) (laughs) I really was just kind of like... Hmm.
2: Her outfit was fabulous, though. Oh my god! Oh my god! She looked amazing. <laughs> so amazing.
0: She had some pretty solid outfits. She so. did.
2: I'll give her that. That Mortis has style.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I you know what? In the first uh half recording we did, you know, I the one theory that you know we came up with that we were like, oh my god, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be something else? Is that we thought uh, Keeg was mm-hmm. gonna be a Mortis like. We were just, but we didn't know what Immortus was. We knew nothing about anything Mm -hmm. about Immortus. And, you know, I I see where you're going about the Immortus, you know, storyline just kind of being a tad disappointing. Like, again, they made it make sense, which is good. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I mean, come on. This is a show with butt cannons, cock cannons. And butt giant hunters, butt and hunters,
0: beard eaters,
2: and Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking beard eater. You had to go there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I, but you know, I feel like with ever with the way that they were uh, hyping up mortise in the first half of mm-hmm. season four versus what we got in the second half, it did seem like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, just it's not that the character of Isabel as Immortus was a letdown in herself. I, I thought the character was okay for what they put for what they portrayed it's just not quite where i expected them to go i felt like it was it was a it was safe it felt a little safe in yeah. my opinion
0: yeah i would have to agree with that
2: so um i would have loved to have seen like of course like like all fans who want their fan theories to come come true i would have loved to have seen keeg somehow mm-hmm. be a mortis in some possible way but and that's the thing we don't really we never really understood like how some of these other characters that we met in the first half of season four, we never really got an answer as to why they are praising Immortus and especially Keeg and why Keeg.
0: Well, Keeg's whole thing was that he was afraid that he was the reason that Larry was going to die or that him and Larry were going to die. And so Immortus was that empty promise of everything will be okay.
2: I just they feel like Keeg is a stronger presence than that. But Keeg you know? is a
0: child, comparatively speaking. Keeg is a child. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. I suppose you're right. Yeah. So, it does, it, it, still growing. Still learning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Maybe all powerful, but still at Has this power. point, at this point, it's life doesn't know better. Because
0: then, like, you know, when they go back to the past to try and get some longevity. Yeah. And Larry... Has that kind of one on one with a past Larry, but now that it, grown version of that negative energy, yeah, yeah, is able to like possess him and hold a conversation yes. with kind of this future Larry or present Larry, what whatever gr- Larry. What
2: a great moment that was, I too. I loved
0: that so seriously. Look, I loved everything with Matt Bomer, I mean, Larry's storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I was I I was all set and ready to like punch one o four in the face and I was like it cannot fucking end like that and yeah. it did it and I was like thank god because <laughs> <laughs> I would have fucking rioted.
2: I love how one o four is like elements bodies whatever everything was a was just in, like, a treasure chest at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I don't get why it's there, but I love it.
0: Because he was deteriorating. So he turned himself into, like, a lead box at the bottom of the ocean. So then that way, as his body was, like, deteriorating, it was becoming unstable, and it would have been a danger to Earth.
2: Did he mention that he was going to go into the ocean?
0: I don't remember if he mentioned specifically ocean, but he did say he was going to turn himself into... A lead box and put himself. He must have said ocean or something, oh. and put himself way out,
1: okay, out of harm's Just way, right. kind
0: of thing. Okay. And and really, when you're dealing with something as explosive and nuclear as that, like bottom of the ocean in a lead box is about as safe as you're gonna get on planet Earth. I
2: guess
1: that's true. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Wulford.
2: Because
0: then. That's because 104 tells Larry that, and that's when Larry was like, fuck you for giving me hope. Yes.
2: Yes, when he's digging his own grave. And, <laughs> yeah. That was dark. What a dark Larry moment, too.
0: Whatever. That is so fucking Larry. I, I don't mean, mean to be wet is. blanket, but that's her whole personality, and they all tease him and everything, oh. and- but I mean, it really, I mean, I negative man. It's not just negative energy, like in a Mr.
1: science negative. way. He
0: is negative energy in that pessimistic, <laughs> realist kind like, of way. It's like, buck up there. <laughs> so, but, so yeah, so I was happy that that all worked out for Larry. But yes, yeah, the, um, when Larry and Key go and they talk to past Larry with that negative energy mm-hmm. and Key. Goes into the body and shows him like this is what's gonna happen and mm-hmm. he's like no nah, it's gonna be fine and I loved it when he called out Larry bullshit and is like you are stronger than my Larry mm-hmm. I think is something along those lines but still full of fear yeah and that's why Keegus has is full of fear mm-hmm. and then Larry and classic Larry like what does that mean like <laughs> 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 self reflection bro like take a minute <laughs> breathe it
2: in. <laughs> Oh man. Love That Larry. is funny. <laughs> Larry is just ah uh, man, you know, I think of every character on this show, Larry will be one who I think I'm gonna miss the most. I mean I'm probably gonna say that about all of them. Mm-hmm. But Larry is just, you know, he's the heart of the group and you're gonna miss you you, you can't have the Doom Patrol without without Larry. And yeah, he, he's he that voice of kicks. he's that voice of reason. Oh oh my gosh, I didn't think about this till I watched the epi- the last episode of the yesterday. But when they uh, showed show the shot of Larry making his pancakes and bringing it to the table, all, all I could think about was, this is the last time we're going to see Larry's pancakes. Aww. And Larry, he, Larry's known for his pancakes. Like, mm-hmm. They're like the most perfectly round, perfectly fluffed pancake, mm-hmm. whether if they're like four inches in diameter or just like,
1: a quarter inch, you know miniature. Yeah. Oh
0: I did I, I want did Larry kinda, pancakes. I did kind of have a moment where I was like, you know, I'm glad we got to see Larry's pancakes. <laughs> well, I'm gonna call
2: them Larry cakes for now. Larry cakes. Larry cakes.
0: <laughs> so I was very happy. I'm glad we got to see more of Larry's face, a.k.a. Matt's face, because Mm -hmm. as we've said, it's just it's so pretty. And (laughs) and, and
2: you know what I love about Matt Bomer? He can sing so well. He can sing. Oh, what a voice that guy has. Oh, my God. Gosh.
0: So we'll obviously talk a little bit about each of the all the characters, but I have to get this out of the way
2: right now.
1: What?
0: That fucking musical episode.
2: Happy Immortus Day. Happy
0: Immortus Day. Happy Immortus
2: Day, everyone.
0: So, I am a sucker for the random-ass musical episodes.
2: Oh, I know you are. And
0: I was so happy that they did one. like, yeah. And I, I think I knew that from like some of the trailers and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I forgot about it.
2: I remember I teased you when I, when I first watched it through. I was like, you're
0: going to love this episode.
2: And you're like, don't you fucking spoil it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I... Here are my notes, because it wasn't a whole hell of a lot, because I was on <laughs> cloud nine, because I was like, wee, this is so much fun. But, uh, oh,
1: man.
0: so my notes start off, in all caps, hold up, who's doing the acapella version of the theme song, uh, and then I wrote, is it Pentatonics? everyone shut up, I love this. Um, I could not find who it was, so. Really? Yeah, did oh. you? Anyway. No, I never looked it up. So then I've got gasps, all caps. Oh, my fucking God, is this a musical episode? Mortis's world is a musical? Laughing face emojis. <laughs> um, and then the quote, good morning, sex ghosts. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, I love this show. And then Jane starts singing. And so she has done, like, the actress has done singing in Encanto. Mm-hmm. And she's singing. And I so saw, I was like, oh, my God, Diane Guerrero, I love you so much. And then Cliff is just, I just wrote Cliff, exclamation points. And then. Loud gasping noise, Matt Bomer, oh my god, oh my god, oh my fucking god, (laughs) Hard eye emojis.
1: (laughs) And then I'm such a sucker, such a fucking sucker
0: for random ass musical episodes. And then towards the end, Amortis is singing a song to the theme song. And so I liked her usage of the theme song in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then the MVS, Most Valuable Singers, goes to... The sex ghosts. Oh, the
2: sex ghosts were absolutely brilliant in that so episode. I'm
0: really, I am like really happy that the sex ghosts kind of got a moment in the flesh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh,
2: were you planning we're featuring... that
0: on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just came to me. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a perfect, like, I love it. I love it. Of course, Doom Patrol has to do a musical episode. The fact that they didn't do it sooner.
2: And it's so DC, fine.
0: too. Yeah. And it's like, it is.
2: It really is so every I mean think about it did every DC show that you can think of maybe except for Titans has musical episodes. I mean Flash had a had, Flash has had like two or three musical episodes, haven't they?
0: Flash had a musical episode that was a crossover with Supergirl.
2: Did Arrow ever have one? Actually, Arrow seems too way too serious to have a if uh...
0: Arrow had any kind of musical moment? It would have been dur- would have been during one of the crossover episodes. Makes sense. Um, I don't recall Oliver Queen doing any singing or dancing. Cause you know, he would have been so Oliver Queen about it and just pooping all over just it. Just
2: brooding the entire time.
0: But, um, but yeah, I, not that I can think of. Okay.
2: Maybe it's not as DC as I thought, but for some reason it seems like DC throws a musical episode into like every one of their series, but maybe they don't.
0: I don't know. That's, well, Peacemaker had a whole like musical number for its intro. That's true. Which doesn't. I know it's not necessarily the same thing, but yeah. I loved Peacemakers intro <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> with the dancing and the flipping and the people off and <laughs> and the song too. The song was fucking hilarious. Mm. But um but yeah, I love that they did it. Part of me kind of wishes that it would have happened sooner, but it's perfect for a final season. I agree.
2: Yeah, totally agree.
0: So That's really... I don't even remember anything else that happened. Obviously, it moved the storylines
2: along. I remember I wrote that uh, Diane Guerrero and Matt Bomer's voice is just like... They they, they just really... take that Take that entire episode. Absolutely. But then I think I wrote something like, and then I was like, and Brendan Fraser is just singing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Because Brendan Fraser cannot sing. Oh, my gosh.
0: Whatever. He was the lead singer of the Lone Rangers. Yeah, in 1991.
2: So? It's been a minute. <laughs> so? <laughs> just <singing.
0: laughs> I also really enjoyed Michelle Gomez's bits because it's like, she... It's like she was singing, but she was still very much Madame Rouge. Oh yeah, in her she voice knew. She inflection. knew what was going on yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I love it. I love Michelle Gomez. I'm gonna her miss s- seeing her in this role. Oh,
2: I know. Oh, and I was
0: really worried for her at the end for a hot second when at she was which like, at, in the finale when everyone's kind of going off and doing her, their own oh, thing, and, 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 and she was she all has just that, like, she had that moment with Vic, and yeah. she's just like, hmm, vodka sounds like a great way and.
2: Yeah, he kind of
0: helps give her a bit of a pep talk and then when she's like, can someone be bad and good? I was like, yeah. Suicide Squad.
2: God.
0: The Suicide Squad. The not suicide bad.
2: The Suicide Squad. No, no, and you're right. I mean, and I, I actually really did, I think I appreciated it more the second time around than I did the first of her, the ending of her story of her going back to the ant farm mm-hmm. and just setting it ablaze. You know? <sighs> yes. And If first... anybody was going to do it, it was going to be her.
0: Well, and at first I was like, no, no, you did not just default going back to the ant farm because you're that lost. Like, no. Madame Rouge, and then they showed her with the flamethrower. I was like, Yeah, Madame
2: Rouge. It reminded me, uh, do you did you ever see uh the movie um oh uh, I wanna say oh it's a Jim Carrey film. Oh my god, I can't think of what it is. You know what? Alright, there, there's a Jim Carrey movie where he's in the bathroom and he's punching himself in the face over, Liar over. liar. Oh, is that Liar Liar? Mm-hmm. So that that's kicking
0: scene, my own ass. Do
2: you, you mind?
1: Yeah.
2: You know where I'm going with this, right? Where she goes back and tired, just whoops the shit out of herself. oh yeah. Stamping her head with the weapon stamp. She's like, I'm
1: kicking
0: my own ass. Except that one was so much sadder. Because it that really was. was. Just, it
2: was so emotional. It
0: was so much self-loathing. And she's like, because I fucking hate us. Yeah. And if she hadn't gotten pulled back in I really moment.
2: hoped that, you know, for her, it brought her peace. But, you know, that's something we'll never really know.
0: I think there, I would think that there was some kind of like, it was somewhat cathartic, but at the same time, it doesn't solve the problem, no. you know? She still did what she did. She's Yeah, and she still, I mean, even after that moment, she still hates herself, you know? When it comes down to the big uh, showdown with Immortus, and she flies away, mm-hmm. she flies, yes, she goes to Rita And Rita, I loved Rita's response. She's like, because you know I'll hold you accountable. That's why you came back to me, kind of thing. But Rouge's whole thing of like, I'm a fucking coward. I flew away. Like, what the fuck? Like, I can never change, kind of thing. And then her and Rita have a very nice, genuinely nice, sincere moment between the two of them for this, like, last season. Because it was so rocky the whole way. Even they had, like, a nice moment. In the first part, when they were kids, yep, yep, and even Rouge said something like, "We had, you know, we let's let's not forget about that," and uh, Rita was still just kind of like, mm, "But yeah, still, kind of fuck you a little bit." Yeah,
2: But Rita, yeah, Rita straight up called her a villain, you know, mm-hmm. and this oh, is, that she was
0: the monster. Yeah, she
2: was a monster. That was it. Yep. And you know, this is basically at her. the time where, you know, you know, Laura DeMille, she's trying to, she's really trying to repent for what she's done, and mm-hmm. you see. Throughout, basically, this and especially the second half of the series and towards the end half of that, well, oh, actually, this entire fucking season, really. Just how, how much regret she has just lived with and just how much it's fucked with her head mm-hmm. over the years. But also, you know, her joining this group has done so much for her character from when we first met her up mm-hmm. until this very last episode. Even though she was still very, very depressed and just, like you said, just not happy with who, what she had done. Of mm-hmm. course not. It's just everything. It's just her joining this group was the best thing for her Absolutely. because it brought a lot of self-realization on. And um, she, she I feel like even though she'll never be able to fully atone for what she's done, I think her going back to the farm and burning it is the closest to atonement she's probably ever going to get.
0: Absolutely. At and least I, maybe in her mind. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, the – The rest of the patrol forgives her. They accept her as, you know, as a member. Yes. And as family. Yes. And I think that is going to do, you know, and that does a lot for her. Yeah. And she had that moment, you know, that moment with Cyborg uh, after everyone, when everyone's leaving. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of that moment of being lost and Mm -hmm. thinking, like, she can't go on without this group, without someone Rita or otherwise to hold her accountable for her actions and to keep her on the path that she wants to maintain yeah.
2: so she's relying too heavily on them and not exactly. so much on herself
1: Yeah.
0: exactly and that's kind of been all of patrols thing is that they that's kind of the lesson that they all learned at the end via Rita's death mm-hmm. was that they have to go off and spread their wings and I loved her line about like I, I understand now that I was to lead you to your second life
1: yeah Aww.
0: I was like, Rita, Rita
1: stop. Rita. It's
0: like, I knew Rita was going to die, so that part wasn't, like, shocking or that sad. I mean, it was still sad, but I knew it was going to happen. But that line, I was like, oh, fuck. Rita Farr. Rita Farr.
2: Gosh. Gertrude
0: Camp.
1: Cramp. Man,
2: What a character.
0: So I'm very happy with how things played out for Madame Rouge. Yeah, me too. And all I could think was that, oh, she would do great in The Suicide Squad. And then from there, my question is, (laughs) Madame Rouge versus Amanda Waller.
2: Amanda Waller, I'm sorry. Waller is just ruthless (laughs) beyond count, and she does not... She doesn't care.
0: Rouge has developed a conscience. R- conscience, and,
2: and yeah, Waller. Waller's <laughs> not afraid of anything. I
0: love
2: it. Waller for the win. That was
0: my <laughs> that, was, that was the answer I got. I came to as well. <laughs>
2: <That's
0: so. funny>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, in a fist fight,
2: I might actually give it to. I might give it to Rouge because Rouge can fight.
0: Yeah, she. She can fight. <laughs> she really beat the shit out of herself for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but Rita. Rita fall. I. I was sad, like I said, Mm -hmm. but especially in this last half and once, you know, and lost their longevity, they're like, okay, we're going to lose Rita and it's going to suck. But
2: I had hopes that we weren't going to lose Rita. Like a part of me thought they're not just going to let Rita die. Well, they did. They did. (laughs) They fucking did. They
0: did. But it made sense. It did. And I just, I really loved her, like kind of ghosty speech to everyone. That one last that team one meeting. That one last team
2: meeting. Oh, oh
0: my god! And I, I, I was just so proud of her. <laughs> I'm so proud of Rita because through all of these recordings, all we've wanted from Rita was to like tap into her, like her true potential, and have that confidence, mm-hmm. and you know whether to be a leader or to harness her power or whatever. And she she starts on that path as she starts to rapidly age. Yeah. As she kind of comes to terms with a lot of those things. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it kind of throughout. But the level of confidence that she had after she after she died was the level of confidence I wanted to see in season three. <laughs> but I loved her journey. You know, now that it's over and we saw how everything... Played out, and I just I'm I'm happy for her because she yeah. gets her Wally back.
2: I know. Oh my gosh, how great was that? I was
0: like, even Rita gets a happily ever after. Just that, what? just when
2: Wally when Wally took off the mask and they just gave that hug, like you could see just the look on her face.
0: When the bird came and she's like, I know you, and I was like, mm-hmm. Yes, you do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, and you know it's just me. It, it, I'm so glad that Rita. That in the end, Rita was able to find peace, mm-hmm. even though it was in death, mm-hmm. she found peace, and I think once she actually, and it was it actually was even before that, really when she was, um when she once she really you know started get started aging, and she she was the first one I think to come to the realization that she's not going to get her longevity back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she 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 found she found a way to accept that Mm -hmm. and she just wanted to enjoy the time she had left with her friends. Like the whole argument between her and Larry, you know, about, you know, how all Larry does is talk about death and she knows she's dying and she doesn't want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. You know, Larry was just being Larry, you know, Mm -hmm. that's classic Larry, you know, classic Larry. But even then when she pointed that out to him, he was just like, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And I love that. How towards the end, the team really, for the first time, I feel like, really catered to her. catered to her, mm-hmm. Not because she was, you know, demanding it or because she was being classic Rita, but because they knew what they were about to lose.
0: And I think at that point, whether they were conscious of it or not, they knew that she earned
1: it.
2: Yes, absolutely. She earned the team's respect and love. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, for through four seasons, we've seen Rita come from just this, very vain, alcoholic, you know, Hollywood actress to this lovable, vain, alcoholic, Hollywood (laughs) actress.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And speaking of vanity and alcoholism, that funeral was the most Doom Patrol funeral. And I loved it. So everyone's bringing booze and mirrors and and combs. And she's like, hmm.
2: Okay. And Vic, but Vic did have honey. Vic had honey. He's like, I think she liked bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she was, her ghost the whole time It's just like, Oh, yep. okay. And
0: I, and I think like at one point the caption was something like Rita sighs annoyingly or something annoyed. And I was when, like, when, classic. She look,
2: when she looks at Jane and Larry, she's like, well, I know you two have to, took this seriously. And there's Jane has the mirror and he has the bottle of vodka. But you would think that in the scene, just a couple scenes before that, when they're trying to, you know, when they're talking about rescuing Rita and going into saving her out of Satan's ass crack, mm-hmm. that, or whatever, whatever he, he said, when Larry went down to find a bottle of booze to find something that meant was like meaningful to her, mm-hmm. what, whatever meant the most to her, whatever it was, and she confronted him, mm-hmm. you would think Larry at that moment would have been like, okay, this is not what I'm gonna put on her pyre. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's and you know, and but it's, it's
2: classic, ha- though. It's doom
0: Patrol. It is. And you're right, though. I think that. Out of everyone that could have, should have taken it seriously, it should have been
1: Larry.
2: I would have liked to have seen, out of all of them, like, I think the way, with everybody else laying that stuff down, it was great. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked to have at least seen one person lay something more, you know, memorable down. Like, even if it was just, like, a photograph of the two of them together. You yeah. Know, something like that. Something where Rita could have gone off into the afterlife, you know, knowing that, well, I mean, she knew her friends cared, but, mm-hmm. you know, just having that one moment be like, I love you guys.
0: Yep, but you know, obviously, her character grew enough to not be completely put off by
2: no, absolutely not
0: their parting gifts. And then she knows she then, knows who her
2: friends are. Yeah,
0: she knows that it's the thought that counts, mm-hmm. and her friends are somewhat thoughtful. No,
1: <laughs>
0: but then, but then the body <laughs> expands. Oh, jeez, it becomes a big fleshy bubble, and they're like. And and they like pop it and then it's and we
2: got Jane singing Ave Maria (laughs) (laughs) and her eyes are just looking over at everyone like oh guys but at least Madame Rouge pokes it with a stick you know so she was she was
1: like
0: And then it releases that, like, burnt plastic smell, and they're all like...
2: Just gagging. (laughs) She's like, well, you don't... What did Rita say? She was like, like, you don't have to make the noises. or Something like that. Like, like... don't
0: react to my burning body. It was something (laughs) along those lines. But it was... Oh, it was funny. From beginning to end, that was the most Doom Patrol moment.
2: It was.
0: For at least the season.
2: It was. But I
0: think it perfectly... Encapsulates the series at a whole and who these characters are. Yeah. They're lovable. They're fuck ups, but they're lovable fuck they ups. They are lovable fuck ups. And, and at this point, they have learned so much.
2: They have. They've learned from the, They've learned from each other, and most importantly, they learned from themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even even you know, I don't think we want to. Talk, I don't know if you want. you know, we'll talk about Cliffy in a little bit, no. but um, every single one of one of these characters throughout the years. You know, they actually, a little bit, when you look at it, they learn a little more and more about themselves as every Mm -hmm. season goes on. Absolutely. You know, and through each episode, I feel like maybe not all of them at once, but at least one of the characters comes to a little more self-realization.
0: And I feel like that kind of growth in these characters, specifically these characters, is incredibly realistic because these aren't leaps and bounds of growth and change. Right. These are baby steps. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't want to become a super team. You know, Larry and Rita were fine with being reclused in Niles's mansion and Cliff with his racetrack. Like
1: they, they just were, wanted to do they
0: were thing. fine with just being depressed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cliff could have stared out that window for the entire, for as long as that brain would have lasted. Yep. Honestly. So, but,
0: um, and Jane, I think I am, um, I was very happy with, How things worked out for Jane Mm -hmm. and the whole underground, which Mm -hmm. is at the upper ground now, because they're all up. But Mm. I love that kind of acceptance, you know, where she where the Jane persona, like the main persona of Kay, admits that the things that happened to Kay happened to all of them.
2: Yes. That was a big, big moment. Even though we've We may have known the whole time, but the fact that they said it Mm -hmm. is it's huge,
0: and I loved that all the personas came together. You know, when when they do the go back in time to get their more longevity. longevity, yeah. And she kind of has, and they all have like a moment with Niles. They all kind of run into Niles, mm-hmm. well, except for Larry. Yeah. So Jane runs into Niles and kind of has one last interview with him because, as as angry as they are with him, still, I think Jane realized that. Progress, her progress was made by way of the assistance of Niles and doing those videos. Oh, sure. Videos. Sure. And so she's still mad, but she's like also panicking because she can't find everybody. She can't get to the underground. Mm-hmm. And I loved that these two kind of had one nice, one final nice moment together.
2: I agree. And I think that with Jane, Kay, whatever Kay will say. You know, watching all, I mean, she sat there and like watched all those videos of all of her other personalities being interviewed. And then Kay, when Kay finally surfaced, I think it was, was it last season, season three when Kay surfaced and she uh, she took the bike? Um, yes. Yeah, and Vic did the interview with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, I think that was the beginning mm-hmm. of just Kay coming out and realizing that she can be herself now mm-hmm. like like she still was she was still trying to figure that out and how yeah. she was going to do it and she needed Jane and the others to help her with that but in the end when she became the kaleidoscope and they all just became really one personality mm-hmm. you know yeah it was it was such a beautiful moment for that character it was a, this was the moment that this character deserved more than anything
0: i completely agree because i loved it
2: if there was any character on this show that that needed peace of mind and to move forward mm-hmm. with their life it it was k mm-hmm. she deserved it more than anyone and when she finally said the thing out loud
1: mm-hmm.
2: that was i you don't forget, but that's probably the moment where she was like, "I can start to let go. I can yeah. move forward." You know, it's
0: part of that acceptance. It was the right? whole thing
2: they were saying in her throughout, like the that one of those, "Say it, say, say it, it, say, say the, it." Yeah. So.
0: And I and I love that because yeah, again, it's part of that acceptance of we accept ourselves, all pieces of it, all personality types or traits, and all the trauma, all the good and the bad. That's what makes. Who we are. Absolutely. It doesn't define us. No. But it is a part of us, and it's about how we choose to move forward. Right. And so, at this point, for Jane to say it, because at that point, it seems like the other personas have accepted it, that they were also like Hammerhead. Oh, I
2: didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe was
0: accepted. Acceptance of it, like maybe Hammerhead kind of had a moment where she got to say it, or Driller Bill, you know what I mean, with them all standing there, being like, you know what you need to say.
2: And until Jane says it out loud, Kay can never be truly at peace because
0: Jane, being the dominant personality, yes. Oh, that's a
2: really, really good point.
0: So that that was just kind of my interpretation. I think that's a fabulous
2: interpretation of it.
0: So it was just kind of like, yeah, that last bit, and then everything comes together for her. And she becomes the kaleidoscope. Yeah. Now, I don't know a lot about the kaleidoscope or Crazy Jane, um, hmm. in the DC Comics world. Mm-hmm. So I did some frantic googling. <laughs> Please tell me what you found
2: out, because I did none. I want to know.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't. It was hard to find if there was any point. Well, I guess not hard to find. I was just a little too all over the place. But I didn't. I didn't. Couldn't really find a clear answer for myself where it specifically said within the comics at some point Jane becomes kaleidoscope because the only thing about kaleidoscope I know of is that she makes a very brief appearance in Belle Reeves in the suicide squad she's oh. the one that's got like um like a stained glass kind of face paints oh. on she's got like a little bit of like a red or orange going across her face yeah. and it's very kind of like um like a stained glass some kind of look bitch.
1: okay
0: so she's at least a villain Okay. but whether she's one of those villains that kind of toes the line I don't know. Hmm. So I would love to learn a little bit more, please don't overwhelm me. <laughs> 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 listeners, but I just I just kind of thought that was an interesting choice like if if crazy Jane in the books never becomes Kaleidoscope or those two characters are so separate and far, you know, their own things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The choice to bring them together I don't hate, but then again, I don't know the characters well enough to be I, mad at it.
2: And I know uh, you've called me your comic book guru, but this is something I don't know. I don't know anything about, so I don't even know where to start on that.
0: Yeah, I'd. You know, I might have to see if there's um, some Doom Patrol um, graphic novels or something I can get from the oh, library. Oh,
2: I'm sure there are. Because I'm just be. a little
0: curious. Okay. But either way, do I, your research. <laughs> do my research, but I love that, and I love that Jane or Kay for Kaleidoscope, but also for K Chalice, which I just, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. She gets to go by her name, but also their name.
2: That is so awesome, too. How great was that? I mean, and you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. I loved that out of everyone in the Doom Patrol who came up with the idea of saying, well, how about Kay? I love that it was Vic.
0: Yes. I really do. Oh, I love, and I've said it before, I love this version of Cyborg. Of of Vic, really. We get more Vic than we do Cyborg. And I really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we move on to Cyborg, yeah, Jane, or I'm sorry, Kay and Casey, because they have like their musical number where they're kind of sweet on each other. And (laughs) it's super cute. But then Jane realizes that she's still too much of a hot mess Mm -hmm. to be in a relationship. But with all that acceptance of Kaleidoscope, Kay... She's and wanting to just get a sublet and paint. She her Casey comes back and they fly off just into space together. See, everybody flew and everybody flew. Everybody and I just flew. like, and I, that is so fucking funny. I didn't even think about that. Until you brought it up. <laughs> um, but I was, I was so happy because it just like you said, out of all the characters, I think that needed that kind of peace and more of a mundane life. Yeah. But still adventurous, it was definitely Kay.
2: Absolutely, I. She deserved it. She got it, and nonetheless, what I love the most is that she's not alone. Yes. You know, she's got a new partner. Um, somehow they got a cat, <laughs> and if you, and she was really surprised by that cat. Mm-hmm. How did Casey get that cat? <laughs>
0: Who knows, space cats.
2: Space cats. Well, that's a that's a very Doom patrol thing if, yeah. <laughs> if Space cats is a doom That would be a thing if there ever was one. And just uh just go out a little bit of a side note here since uh, uh we're still talking about Jane and before mm-hmm. we move on to uh, Vic cuz I know we're sticking with main crew, but real quick, um I really do love the fact that in this second half of the season we did get more Casey. Um, cuz I really mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it. No, not really. No, I you know, it's just I I, I'm a, I, I really wish that um, we could have gotten maybe just a little more like Dorothy since we got more Casey. But ultimately, I loved Casey's role and how she was in, in the second half and how she was basically there to be Jane's support mm-hmm. system.
0: And in a way, she's starting her second life, yeah. you know, because she is no longer just a fictional character in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Her fictional comic book dad, villain dad, has just died, and so mm-hmm. she's even more lost than she would have been. Yeah. So this was this was nice. Yeah. I appreciated this for, for Casey. Absolutely. I would agree, just a bit more Dorothy, but I also kind of feel like with the first half, we got a pretty good sense of where Dorothy
2: was going to go. Dorothy's story was told.
0: Yeah, and she had that confidence and everything, and she was, you know, growing... Up in the sense that, you know, because she's over 100 years old, but she's been locked away for so long that in a lot of ways she was still a child. Yeah. So now she's really out there as a grown up mm. and experiencing life through grown up eyes. Right, right. And I love that. I am disappointed we didn't get Danny and the Danizens. Oh. Uh, and Moralee.
2: Yeah. And Flex. <sighs> no Flex. No Flex. I can't believe we have gone this long with no Flex. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw Flex was in the um uh was the it, uh,
1: that season 3?
2: It was the um no, wasn't it season 2? It might
0: have been. I think it was
2: season 2 with the um Pure Imagination.
0: Mm.
2: When uh she was singing Pure Imagination. Wasn't that with Flex?
0: Uh, oh, I can't remember. I don't, I,
2: you know what? I'm not going to try to think two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, no, that, no, that, that. That's too far <laughs> ago. That's too long ago. But yeah. Um, oh, no Flex, no Danny, no Moralee, no Danny ins. But you know what? Honestly, at least we did get a decent ending for them in the first half of the uh, uh, season. That is true. Because we learned that they were moving on. Yep. And that's all that was important. And Danny's story was told.
1: Yep.
0: And Danny will always be a safe place, but it's not going to. And people will always be welcome to stay however long they need to, yeah. but it isn't necessarily going to be for the long haul, like a permanent residence Yeah, for, for them.
2: Right, right.
0: And I think that is just fine. Yeah. And I love that for Danny and the Danizens. So. Absolutely. But it still would have been nice to see them in the musical episode.
2: Oh, at the very least. At
0: the very least.
2: I would have loved to just see Morally just, like, come out of what? nowhere, sliding down the hall in the most fabulous but dress. I
0: suppose they kind of had their musical moment when they had that big party in the one season. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might have been season two oh, that we're yeah, talking about. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, when, when Matt and all them went. Oh, that's when they found Danny for the first time.
0: Well, the, the, the party at the mansion.
2: Oh, at the mansion. Yeah. Oh, I thought you talked about at the club. Okay, that's when, mean, we yeah. first, when we first met. <laughs> that's morally. true
1: too.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah. this show actually <laughs> has had quite a few musical numbers if we think about it. Oh man! But never just a full blown musical right. episode, right. you know? So okay. Oh. Uh, uh,
0: all right. So our boy Vic. Our boy Vic. I was, I, I fucking knew it with Vic and him choosing the tech because. I know in the last episode we did talk about whether or not Vic was going to become Cyborg again. And we're like, well, he kind of has to. Yeah. But it's going to be how. And I think at one point I was like, maybe he has to save his friend Derek, you know, while they're still in that netherworld. But they got out of there, like that whole thing. ended. again, that whole like netherworld or wherever they were with the scissor people, that other dimension, Mm -hmm. like all that build up. And then just like, oh, we're just going to leave now.
1: I actually did
2: <laughs> out of all the episodes the very first one of season of uh, part uh, 2 of this season I didn't like it. O- O'Squorth, O'Squorth or, or O'Squorth whatever. Orquith? I didn't like it at all. Um, it
0: felt like a rushed like a way to kind of quickly rush that whole storyline and that whole setting. How do you
2: use the first episode of even a second half of a season? How do you use that as your filler episode? You know, it, yes, the the we found out who Immortus is. That's all fine and dandy, but for the most part, everything that uh, in that episode really seemed like filler. Um, yeah,
0: because it was, yeah, because then like all of those Immortus followers died. You know, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Torminex, Terminex, whoever Casey's Terminex,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Casey's dad, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that other random doctor lady uh, that yeah,
2: who we like we learned absolutely nothing about. Who I felt like she was just a pointless character. Yeah, yeah. So, but. Yeah, I mean, Vic and Derek, though, I mean, honestly, if anybody were the stars of that episode, it was Vic and Derek. Oh, absolutely. I mean...
0: Maybe that was the point of that episode, was to give Vic and Derek that much more time to fill in Vic's storyline. And building off the the friendship of Vic and Derek, but also that yeah. rocky past that they think they were still coming to terms but with. But there
2: was still, there was just so much... So much else going on with that episode, though, that it was kind of hard to like really center your focus on that part mm-hmm. of the story. Like, you had everything with uh, Jet with with Jane and uh, Cliff getting sent to that alternate reality. Yep. You know, and yeah, then the, and Mortis. Yeah, and then Rita, 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 and then Rita and uh, uh, Madame Rouge are getting drunk and bring the card of card of liquor. To-
1: okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved the drunk rescue, but. <laughs>
2: It was funny. I I did love how when they got trapped in the bubble, though, and the cart was just outside the bubble. And
1: they're like, no!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was just, that was was classic Rita and Rouge right there. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Um, but, But, yeah, that was,
2: yeah. But aside from that particular episode, I really did enjoy a lot of the time that we got, a lot of the Vic and Derek moments we got especially after, uh, uh, cats. <laughs> cats, but I do love that, you know, um, where was I? I lost my train of thought because of Sarge. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm
0: sorry about that. Um, Rita Rouge and their drunk rescue, yeah. and then Derek and Vic.
2: Oh, all right. So what I was saying is, aside from this episode, I really love that we got a lot more moments between these two. Especially, um, I, I got the episode right here. It was like the say was the second to the last episode where uh, they're in the time uh, portal patrol. Yeah, yeah, and he, and Vic gets in contact with Derek through yeah. the robot. Yep. Um, and we find out that he's actually contacting the future and we learn right there that Vic becomes a teacher to these students. And mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, I just, I really, really did think that was a great moment for him because we saw his future
1: mm-hmm. before,
2: was... before we even knew what was going on with anybody else. And we knew Vic was going to be okay. Yep. And I love that for him. Yep. And I love the self-acceptance for who he for. Now who he is, his version of Cyborg, Mm -hmm. not his father's version.
0: Yep. And I love that Cyborg has been upgraded because that actor was in an episode of Doctor Who.
2: Yes, he was. (laughs) And also (laughs) just like the like the little uh, like engraved sigils that he has in his in in his armor. Mm -hmm. Like and they're making fun of him because they're like, why do you need a reminder of us? It's like
0: y'all dying. Did you forget (sighs) that? That was my internal thought at that. Oh,
2: what I was thinking is because he he knew his future before any of them knew theirs. Is that because he knew he was about to uh, become a teacher because he had that interaction,
0: minor um, interaction with his
2: future self.
0: See, I looked at the the armor tattoo or whatever of the Doom Patrol as his reminder of the Doom Patrol from when they're gone.
2: Yeah. I mean, that 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 is the case, too. And, you know, Vic is very proud of the people who, who he has worked to see. Mm-hmm. He's been frustrated as shit with them. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's his family, you yeah. know, you yep. know, that is his chosen family. And yep. I'm very, very happy for that for his character. You know, Vic, I always felt like was the, um, for lack of better words, kind of the mo- more vanilla of all the characters. He's very um, superheroist, like what you would Im- imagine, like kind of like, stereotypical superhero kind of character would be. Um, but he has this tragic backstory, you know? And if you look past the superhero shit, Vic is just as fucked up as everybody else. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know?
2: It's just that his version of being, you know, and him being fucked up and him dealing with his traumas, it's not as, I hate to say this, entertaining as, like, say, like, Cliff's you know, for instance, or maybe even sometimes Rita. Is...
0: Well, and I think, too, because people are a little bit more familiar
2: with Vic Cyborg's
0: tragic past. Ah, I'm very burpy right now. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, there's, so... a,
2: there's a lot of Cyborg story out there, way beyond yeah. Boon boom Patrol.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? I think out of all the characters that we have here, Cyborg, uh, Cliff, Larry, Rita, Jane, and Rouge—the most well-known backstory is going to be Vix. I would agree. Cyborg—they don't really
2: need to. They didn't really need to do a whole lot more with his backstory. I
0: did like that, especially with this season. Not only was it about him accepting himself as a superhero type and kind of not being able to walk away from it, because even without his tech, he was still trying to do the superhero thing. Yep. Um. But more like reconciling that past with his friends, mm-hmm. you know, because in the first half they try and go out for pizza and laser tag and have fun, uh, but a couple of them are still very upset by how everything went down after Vic's accident. And in the Orquith or whatever, in that first, in episode seven, the first one of the part yeah. two,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, him and Derek kind of have a little tiff about... You know, Derek's point of view of things. Well, you were a hero and, you know, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you just left us. Yeah. But then Vic also had, like, they both had very valid points. Yes. And my note to that scene was, you both fucked up. But I liked that Derek accepted his role or lack thereof in their friendships kind of falling to the wayside during that time period. Right, right. And I think that also helped Vic to also accept kind of his role. in in that and really evaluating this superhero life but being but also just a regular hero type like teachers
2: yeah oh well well, that's a really good point actually sure he could be a hero without having to really save the world with his arm cannon
0: and you know and that's what he tells the students at the end when he not the future version of him but when he goes yes to the school and he's like, You guys are gonna save more lives in your lifetime than I will by myself in like a day. Yeah. This is more important.
2: I did love that one kid though who was like, Man, this is corny. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought that it. was hilarious. I was like, okay, someone said it. <laughs> someone said it. <laughs> I was like, would I have been that kid? I may I probably would have been that kid.
0: <laughs> Man,
2: this is corny.
0: Oh, so I, I love that. I'm I'm very happy with how Vic's storyline played out mm-hmm. and Concluded. Do you think
2: we could have maybe used a little more of his dad in this last season?
0: No, I don't think it was necessary. You think just like the
2: one, like, like two different, no, it was Mm -hmm. one scene, two scenes Mm -hmm. that they had together. You think that was about, that was good enough? I think so. Okay. I really like, I mean, in the end, I mean, Vic's father was someone who I loved to hate, Mm -hmm. but I didn't hate him because he was a bad guy. I just hated him because of the decision he made to, you know, you know, cyborg his kid. Yeah. Cyborg his kid. That's a good way to put it. But ultimately, he, in the end, he was very genuine with his son mm-hmm. and was like, this is your choice. You know, he doesn't want to do this because he doesn't want him to do this because this is what he would want. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to make sure this is what he, he wanted. Yeah. And,
0: and, and again, there's that acceptance of I fucked up. Yeah. And I'm going to make it right by not repeating that mistake and letting you choose yeah. what you want to do. Because he was like, yeah, these upgrades are no problem for me, but is this really what you want kind of mm-hmm. thing? So yeah. Yeah. it was nice to see them have more of a father-son, more yeah. father-son type moments than like like creator and creation, yeah. for lack of a better term, you know?
2: Yep. Yeah. So, I feel like his dad always kind of had like a – like a bit of a god complex like a
0: mad scientist kind yeah, of thing
2: yeah yeah um but he only expressed it with through his son and his, mm-hmm. and it took a lot for Vic to kind of stand up to that and over the seasons we saw him getting you know more and more confident in himself to be not not as a hero but to stand up to his father yep you know yep. and that that's that's great that was great progress for the yeah. character yeah wow.
0: mm-hmm. and i will always appreciate that this show gave us more vic Oh, yeah. Than Cyborg.
2: I think that was the right move in the end.
0: Absolutely. Because the
2: last two seasons have been, yeah, more Vic than anything. Yeah. So I love that.
0: And I think, yeah, definitely a way to humanize a mechanical type character and bring him down to the level of these other broken people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay.
2: You know what I was thinking about? In this season, especially this last half, there was a lot of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff going on. Yes,
0: there was. There was so much. You know what? And it's funny because I had, I had a similar thought uh, during, you know, watching this last half Mm -hmm. and what was it like season three when we're introduced to Madame Rouge and the sisterhood of Dada and brotherhood of evil and everything, because that one I kind of remember was very much like time travel. Like this is our time travel season kind of thing. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And they weren't wrong. They went back in time. We're going to live a whole life, you know. They did. Had a whole thing. But this one definitely felt more timing why being wibbly wobbly than that one. Yeah. Maybe it's because they just spent more time in the time stream? Probably. So. <laughs> All right. All right. So we uh, saved the saddest for the lastest. And. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the saddest for the lastest. <laughs> <laughs> and how could you, how could we not, though? How could, <sighs> seriously. I mean,
0: look, It. this podcast is either going to start with the saddest shit or end with the saddest shit. No so, matter what,
2: you're going to get depressed. You're going to be sad. <laughs> that's why we do the
0: six degrees of Nicolas Cage at the end to kind of lighten the mood after yeah, that's sad right. talk.
2: That's right. So. <laughs> do you want to say it? You Cliff,
0: say Cliff, you, you go ahead. You're the guest.
2: Cliffy. Cliffosaurus, <laughs> Cliff Steel. Oh. It's sad, man. <laughs> it's so sad. I, I don't know really... I I didn't actually really know how to prepare to talk about Cliff tonight. (laughs) Um. I,
0: so they all go their separate ways, you know, and he's going to head down to Florida. He tries to sneak away from the group. Oh, I also forgot to mention that after Rita's funeral and they sat and they watched her movie twice together as like a Mm. family with their popcorn and they're just like they did her dirty and i can't believe he went out like that (laughs) who wants to watch it again um i loved that so fucking much it was a nice moment um but then in the morning cliff's not there Mm -hmm. jane kind of catches him as he's trying to sneak out and they have a nice little moment and i'm glad they got a moment because you know it was always kind of more rita and larry cliff and jane yeah true you know um but but yeah, so Cliff goes spend kind of his to live out the rest of his days uh mm-hmm. with his family. Mm-hmm. And then he has the one line about like, Oh, I didn't just come home, I came home to die or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I was like, No <laughs> Cause then I was like, shit, you still have Parkinson's. Yeah. Like the toenail was never gonna fix that because no. Even before that, when he still had his longevity, it was he the still Parkinsons. Had Parkinsons,
2: right? So, but Immortus did him right, you know, by giving him the crystal. And
0: yes, yeah. I agree, but I think that's another thing where I'm a little on the ant eh, with the Immortus because yes, she comes back and shows her gratitude for making it big and in, mm-hmm. in the time stream, and here's my toenails, and here's a future seeing crystal. It was just kind of another like, what the fuck, Immortus moment. Not with the gang, but just like...
2: Like, wh- who is this character? Like, yeah. what, is, like wh- what is she trying to do?
0: Like, what she, is going on she, with this She is kind of
2: confusing.
0: So, but. but I think that, again, was just more based on our buildup and expectations of well, what Immortus was going to be. Well, and they then, really
2: didn't make Immortus seem like there was going to be this big, badass fucking god, and, you know, who was absolutely relentless and ruthless, and in, in which way they kind of were, but...
0: Not in the way we ex- we were expecting. Yeah, I think we not just had all. certain expectations of what a big bad is supposed to look like I or think, be, especially in Doom Patrol. I but
2: think Keeg would have still been a better choice. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what I want to know what a, uh, an Amortus Keeg would have pulled off. That would have <sighs> been insane.
0: Considering Keeg is a child, God knows. Mm. Children are not smart, but <laughs> but yeah. So Cliff. Cliffy, Cliffasaurus, mm. that was, I loved it, but I also hated it.
1: I did, too. Right?
0: Because, like I said, I knew we were going to lose Rita. I was not expecting to lose Cliff, even after he has his line about um, coming home to die. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were going to actually see it happen. I know.
2: <laughs> and the fact that it's the very last, last scene. Thing.
0: And that phase to black, oh. I was like, no, out of all these, like, lovely, heartwarming, bittersweet, heartbreaking moments, that was the one that made me cry.
2: Uh yeah, I don't blame I, it, it, it I didn't cry, but, oh, I got emotional. I was just I was, like,
1: no. Like, the second
2: time around, when I watched that scene, it hit me a lot harder than the first. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, and the second time, I was like. I was like, clip I yes. I like, it was seriously like, it, it's like watching, I, th- I feel like everybody has like a favorite uncle. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you just watched your favorite uncle pass away. Yeah. It, it's kind of, and I don't know why that is where I'm going with it, but it's like, it's like.
0: Well, because there's something you know, funcle, fun uncle about there is, Cliff. There is, because he's the one that's gonna go take you out driving real fast and some do donuts in a parking exactly. lot, or on the
2: freeway, whatever but he you... wants to. <laughs> he's know. gonna
0: do shit that's gonna encourage a little hell raising, yeah. and you know that. But
2: but you know it's out of love, exactly. You know? And just watching that, I really did though enjoy. Um, excuse me. Water break. Sorry, folks, my throat is uh, kind of dry. <laughs> that's quite all
0: right. <laughs> I will just say real quick that, you know, because because Cliff had the feeling of touch in the one hand, and that's yeah. why he had Oven Mitt Rory.
2: Oven Mitt Rory. Oh, when... God, that thing was creepy. <laughs> it
0: was
1: <laughs> so gross.
0: So
2: gross and creepy. <laughs> and it talked to him, too.
0: <laughs> but once he made it down there, and it's, you know, it's little Rory's birthday and everything, right before he gives him the car, and Rory bites his finger, and he felt that. Yeah. he was like. And they're like, you know, and and Claire's like, oh, my God, Dad, are you okay? He's like, I'm great. Yeah. I was like, that was like happy tears kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he did his like little little area of touch for his grandson. I was like, that's all he was, that's all he wanted with that hand. You know what I
2: actually really, really did like about um, his last moments, too? When he brings Rory out to to show him his birthday present and it's the car, Mm -hmm. you know, and even though in the whole crystal scene, you know, you're seeing Rory's progression from, you know, child to adult. I actually kind of liked how realistic they made that. Um, If you think about it, like Rory had, when Rory went to prom, his his mom gave him condoms. Next thing you know, that same girl is pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they had some sort of falling out of some sort. And then his daughter, who mm-hmm. ended up getting pregnant young, because you could still tell he was kind of young. Oh, yeah. And then he became a grandfather, and you could just see the look on Rory's face of just how proud he was, mm-hmm. you know. I kind of like that they did it that way, because not to sound like this is a stereotype in any way, but there are, you know, young families that are started because of oops Babies, you know, mm-hmm prom night sex, stuff like that. I mean that shit happens, you yeah. know. And I like they went that direction because that seems like something that would happen on with Cliff's family mm-hmm. having babies, young oops of babies and stuff like that, not really planned. And um it just seems to fit the character of Cliff's gene pool. I don't yeah. know.
0: His, um, See, and I kind of I was a little torn with Rory's life, you know, from what we saw in the crystal. Okay. Because, yes, it was just a repetition of that cycle. No no cycle was broken.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: You know, because at one point, and we don't see all of it, we don't see everything, so we don't know if at any point there was any other kind of reconciliation with Rory and his baby's mother or anything like that, but it basically played out like Cliff's life. Yeah. And minus the robot body. And I'm just, I guess it's kind of realistic you know, in that sense, like, there's not going to be some big, huge change necessarily in in Rory or in his upbringing, per se. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I think it was especially at that moment where they showed Rory driving away from his wife and kid. And the wife's just like, you're a piece of shit. Mm. I was like, oh, we really just can't bust up that wheel and not repeat you know, history yeah. or, air quotes, mistakes, however you want to, you right. know, picture that. Right. But again, I think it fits for that family type. <laughs> Sorry. We also That's don't. offensive to yeah. the white trash, but.
2: <laughs> you know what? At least you said the two words. I, I was trying to I was trying to steer away from saying it. But you. also, but also at the same time, we didn't have a lot of context to go, go right. off. They could have just gotten in a flight.
0: And, you know, and these were just the bigger moments in yeah. Rory's life for good or bad, right. you know. These are core memories for Rory, for adult Rory, right? And we know from Inside Out, core memories can be good and bad. That's right. And filled and complicated. And emotions. we learned,
2: and we did learn that um, a little later on that in that sequence that Rory was still part of his daughter's life because mm-hmm. she, you know, showed off her grand her baby to to uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to him. So we know that at least they have that relationship still. Yeah. Um, but for Cliff. For Cliff's final moments, for him to be able to see that, because all mm-hmm. he wanted for this entire season was just to be with his grandson, mm-hmm. just to have that w- time with him, to be able to f- feel his touch and all mm-hmm. that, just that, and for him to get that, and for him to see that his grandson is going to be—I'm going to not say great, but he's going to—he looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that allowed Cliff to die with. Some pride. Yeah. You know? I,
0: I, I completely agree. But, you know, I guess it was just kind of a small thing where it's like, really? The, the cycle's going to repeat? Like... I know.
2: I know. But like you said, it's like, it, it's kind of fits perfectly with that family. I don't mm-hmm. mean, yeah, again, don't mean to talk complete shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think, honestly... It was a beautiful ending.
0: It was. It really was. Um
2: and Cliff Cliff's brain just dying and him just, you know, and just the that the lights going out, like uh, literally the lights not, going it out. It wasn't in his just eyes. the lights that went out that did it for me. It was the sound the of shutting it shutting down. The yep. Vroom.
0: And you know, for a robot face that is not expressive at all, in watching this last half, I couldn't help but think like it's a very expressive robot. And a lot of that obviously is Brendan Fraser's voice acting and yep. the affliction and everything. And uh I think it's Riley Shanahan that does the body for
1: mm-hmm.
0: Cliff and then yeah. Matthew Zuck does sometimes does the body for Larry. Oh, okay. Um but it just oh shit, now I forgot where I was going, but um okay. Oh, very expressive robot. Yes. And so that scene, even though Yes, it's just the visual of the lights going out and the sound of a machine being powered down. But to see that robot face with, like, no life behind it, and then we fade to black and it's over, like, that made it so much worse. And they're playing that really sad
2: fucking song, too. That song did not help.
0: Oh, my my God. God. I seriously, like, sat up and I was like, no!
2: It really, uh... But it hits you. And that, that well, I mean, obviously I mean, that's perfect, where they were going yeah, to. Absolutely. They were going for it. And they nailed it. There was just. Uh, Cliff. You know, you and I have, like, gushed over Cliff every single episode and how much we love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how he's just, this is no holds barred, fucking just. Foul mouth robot, mm-hmm. you know, and we just love that about him. But in this last season, we really saw a very different version of Cliff. Yeah. Like so different from anything else we've ever seen before. We saw, we finally saw Cliff become an adult in yeah. many aspects Yeah, and taking acceptance for, you know, well, one, his past life and his mistakes um. His, you know, I mean, he's still the loudmouth, you know, fuckity, fuck, 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 uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know kind of guy. But he's now really, he's he's learned to become a very empathetic person mm-hmm. in this last season. He's learned the meaning of family through his friends. Mm-hmm. And, and, the f-
0: and fighting for them.
2: And fighting for them, absolutely.
1: Because
0: right away, he, like... Maybe him more than really anyone else was like, well, let's go after Rita passes away. Let's go oh, get yeah. her out of Satan's ass. It's all about it. He's all for doing the Doom Patrol thing, be in that group again kind of thing. You know, like he's he's in it to win it now. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he really can't do both. He can't do Doom Patrol and be around for Rory, just like no one else in the group can do both. Yeah, You know, kind of live those two lives. They have to go take care of themselves because Larry had a great point in that last team meeting, too, that every situation they saved was because they fucked something up. Yeah. And until they can stop fucking shit up, (laughs) they can't be saving things. (laughs) So.
2: All they're doing, really, they're right. Everything they're doing in this series is fixing their own problems. Yes. I mean, maybe with the exception of season one, you know, uh, a little bit uh, with uh, uh, Mr. 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 Nobody. Yeah, because
0: that was more Niles.
2: Yeah, but other than that, yeah, everything was their fault. And all they were doing... They they were put out to be heroes, but really, heroes don't set out to fuck shit up and then... And then fix fi- it. And then fix it. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. doing good by fixing your problem. That's great, but you're not a hero in any way because yeah. you caused this shit. Yeah,
0: heroes don't have, like, group orgasms in the streets.
2: Oh, I wish they did.
0: <laughs> I kind of uh, don't.
1: <laughs>
2: still the greatest scene in Doom Patrol history, and Cliff's reaction to it was the greatest. Oh,
0: that... <laughs> Poor unfeeling bastard. Oh,
2: but at least he, at least he, he, at least he felt like he belonged.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. Anyway. That's why I
2: miss Flex, man. Yeah. God, I love Flex. He was he was my crush for this and for that for this series, and I only got to yeah, see him he was of, dude. I was so hard on Flex. Yeah, you were. Hey-oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh. yeah, I. Uh, so my note with like Cliff. Was, oh no, Cliffy still has the Parkinson's. That's when he froze up holding Rory. And then he says the line, coming home to die. Sad face emoji. And then as he's looking at the crystal, I was like, oh, so it's a future seeing crystal. Oh, damn, ouch. Seeing Rory kind of repeating some of Cliff's mistakes. And then dot, 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 all caps, sad gasp. Sad (laughs) gasp. (laughs) Nice. So, (gasps) yeah.
2: Oh, I was not. There's something about the death of my favorite white trash robotic regnant that I'm just going to.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Again. Also, I have to say that family knows their vehicles. If that piece of shit car that Cliff leaves to Rory is still operating in his future, you know, a good what? 30 year, 20, 30 years later. Like, you know what I
2: was wondering? Hmm. Do you remember at the first half of season 4? No. <laughs> when him and uh, Laura are on the way to the yeah. farm and they pull over to the side of the road and they find that car off mm-hmm. of the side of the road and like Cliff is just like going gaga over it? I didn't think about it till just now, but do you think it may have been the same car? I think
0: yeah, cuz they went back and got it cuz that was the so car was that he was car. working
2: on.
1: Okay. Um
0: So Cliff was working on the car after the whole, like, Jane became a baby thing, and so she woke up in that car, in the garage. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, I totally forgot about that. Good call. So, because,
0: yeah, he did say, you know, because, yeah, I think Laura was, Rouge was, maybe she did bring the car to him to be like, oh, you seem to really like it, attached to it kind of thing. And he's like, it's just a fucking car. Yeah. But then he starts working on it and everything, because yeah. I think he realized he could leave that for Roar. Either way. It's
2: not just a fucking
0: car. It's not just man. a fucking car. Right, right. So. Oh, Whoa. boy. I think that. So that's all our main players. That's
2: all our main players.
0: I want to circle back a little bit to Lane Kim. <laughs> whatever her fucking name, whatever her character. is. I don't know what her character is.
2: was in this, but yes. It's
0: Lane Kim from Lane Gilmore Kim. Girls. I don't give a shit, because it's the same actress. So she gets turned into a butt. Sorry. Via Teddy,
1: <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Um, it's like okay. So then she also gets sucked into that time portal with mortise and the singing butts because she was uh, yeah, there. She was
2: there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ship poopy. Ship, Ship poopy. That yeah, was
0: good. So, so then that's it. So her role was just to teach them singing and dancing to see if there's anything intelligent with the wear butts. Truly, so she had Teddy and Nicholas, Theodore and Nicholas. Yep. Teddy goes rogue. Yes. Nicholas is all like, I won't let him do this to us. Like, I'm like, what is going on? I don't want a king shame, but fucking ew. Uh, you question know, mark?
2: I always got a, every time I watched them talk, I just got a little cringe. Uh, I don't what, like, I knew no. the wear butts had teeth.
0: No, I want it. But I don't know where you're going with
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just got to ask. How did they, you know. I don't want to know
0: how it works. Oh, no. My brain won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> he still has hands is all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> but. But. Even then. Like, you know, what, we'll end it there. I, that's a conversation. for. So a, if they that's... were to
0: make out, would that be counted as eating ass?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that's rim job all day right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hell. Oh, day. I'm going to miss the shit out of this fucking show. Miss
2: the shit out of this show. With uh, the with, with the wearbutts.
0: And honestly, I really did not think the wearbutts were going to be. I thought they were just.
2: Like first... a season one thing. Season I thought two for even. sure.
0: Yeah. Season one, season two tops. And then when they came back and it was like Lane Kim at the <laughs> ant farm doing her like jazz. Like, yeah. <laughs> West Side Story, like, gang dance.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
0: I was like, where where are they going with this? What the fuck? Yeah. And then even during this last half of the butts getting loose, <laughs> the jokes just are right there. And, uh, you know, because Cliff didn't kill that one right. butt from part one. Right, right. And so now we're like, okay. So now there is gonna be a where but apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So again, it was one of those things where it's just kind of like I don't know where the fuck they're going with this. I guess this ending works. I guess Fair. it does kind of make sense. I
2: mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, we weren't really that attached to her character in any way. They didn't really do anything to get us emotionally involved with her. No, they. Just... I think they tried a little bit, like with the whole like relationship between her and which which butt was hers. Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah, they like they tried. I think a little bit to get us emotionally involved in their relationship, but it's like, how can you, I, I? They knew people weren't going to take it seriously, but at the same time, they tried to get people to take it seriously. And I just, I couldn't invest my, my, I couldn't invest my time to really get that sunk into their story. Yeah, it was really difficult for me. Like it was, it was serious filler. Mm-hmm. Um, because they just needed some way to. I don't know. I try I actually, and bring
0: it all together.
2: Well, they could have done that even without this, really. I mean, the whereabouts were already out there, yeah. so we didn't need this like side relationship between Lane Kim and the fucking. Well,
0: I mean, Lane Kim's whole role is the fact that they can sing and dance, and she's trained them to sing and dance. Yeah, kind of thing because that's what she did at the at the ant farm. Yeah, and then I can't remember, but she ended up with just those two, Teddy yeah. and Nicholas. Like right. she saved them or something. Right. And uh, trying to save, I don't know, maybe a bit of her legacy as well, the work she's been doing, saving her thesis or right. theories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think it was n- less about, like, the relationship, but more just, like, what is the point of this character mm. and singing and dancing
2: <laughs> where <buts>. oh, okay. <laughs> other than getting to say singing and dancing butts. <laughs> but you know what, at the same time, To really think that hard about it. I mean we've already spent too much time on it. (laughs) We really have. When you think about the type of show that we are discussing here, there is no need to be like, well, why did we why didn't we take this more seriously? What did we miss? What should we be reading between the lines of something? It's like, no, it is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It is a Mm butt, it is a woman, they are in love, and they make out and have sex somehow.
0: See, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. I want to...
2: You kind of uh, have to, though. No, but you don't. You See, you keep putting to. the... Did you look at the, the photographs on their, like, their mantles? No. You didn't, oh, you didn't... Oh, there was one of them at the beach, and it was funny.
0: <laughs> See, I know you just said this is not something you should spend... You need to spend a lot of time thinking about or anything, because it's, you know, the Doom Patrol. But at the same time, now I'm thinking of the logistics of... A human, woman, and a were-butt at a beach.
2: I mean they're they're just there. They're getting a tan. You know, butts need tans too. <laughs> do were-butts have taints? Uh no. I can't imagine that they do. <laughs> if it's gonna be anywhere, it's gonna be on the like right like right kind of like towards the back. <laughs> Jen and I are, like, like making motions with our hands, trying to get, figure this out. And, like, out.
0: staring off into the distance, like, trying to, like, imagine this. Like, oh, my God.
2: Oh, we totally got distracted from the pod for, like, just a second out there.
0: Everything to go on random tangents about with this show, it is wear butts.
2: Wear so. butts and wear taints.
1: Ew. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay.
0: Anyways. Anyway, let's see where we were. We were. Oh <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, so Oh, that's funny. All right, so since this is the final season, I have a separate set of questions. Okay. So, as a whole, as a final season, as a the final farewell, farewell. Farewell. Oh no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh my god, you're funny. Um,
0: so even though we got the two parts, um, what did you think of this season as a final season? I mean, I think we've already kind of touched mm-hmm. on it throughout our conversation, but right. we'll just I guess do kind of a one last wrap
2: sure. up if there's Um If I had to give it out of five stars, I would give it I'd give it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So not not terrible. Not the best. Um, there are things about it that worked out so well. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that worked out well is all of our characters. Yes. That is what worked out beautifully and perfectly in the end. Nothing, I don't think I could have thought of a better way to end the show by showing how all of our characters have move, are moving on with their lives and how we what we can potentially make of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought that was beautiful writing. Um, and that's exactly how a show should end. Let us know. How our characters have developed over the over the years, we've gotten to gotten to know and love them, and see them fly off into the sunset as birds. You know, that's <laughs> that's what we got, and it was wonderful. I love it. Story wise, though, I feel like there were s- some missteps, especially with the Immortus character. I do believe that again, they went a little bit on the safe route with the Immortus character because I. Mm, I don't know now was the show completely written before the writer's strike? I don't know if it was.
0: Originally it was supposed to air shortly part two was supposed to air shortly after the finale of the of the Titans.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Um, we discussed this in the last episode
2: as well. That okay.
0: I can't remember why I think because of the whole WB DC HBO merger oh, bullshit God, yeah. and WB HBO, just given the ax to like fucking everything. That fucking mess. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of what put the series in like a limbo. Mm. Why it's still, why they still delayed the premiere of part two, why there was even a part two. I don't completely know other than maybe that's just how people want to do their final seasons, which I'm 100% against.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think it was all completed before the writer's strike. Okay. And but then you know because of the writer's strike it wasn't going to air there wasn't going to do any promotional stuff for it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think one of the last things I remember kind of remember seeing was that it was more the merger that was like the spoke in the wheels yeah. for this final season uh more so than like anything else. Sure. But Okay, and do you have a favorite season out of all of them?
2: Ooh, ooh, yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, season two was my favorite of the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. The introduction to Dorothy, um, the Candleman or Maker, mm-hmm. that whole story, that whole subplot was genius
1: mm-hmm.
2: um i of all the subplots in this show uh i was to say history but it's not has been on that long <laughs> <laughs> but of all the subplots throughout the, the 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 show's run that has been my favorite okay. um watching dorothy's um progression over the years i thought has been a lot of fun learning about her relationship with her father and just how niles like just completely just Locked her away, you mm-hmm. know. I'm um, sad, but it's an interesting story, mm-hmm. and how Danny was her protector. Mm-hmm. Um, slash prison. Slash prison. Yeah, that whole season I just thought was a lot of fun. Okay. I really did enjoy season two a lot, and plus also that was the that was the season where the gang got little, and yeah. we got the mini pancakes, and that was with the rat, and <laughs> you know Cliff's fight with the rat. That was great. Um, so much happened in season two. Um. Oh my God! I yeah. Forgot
0: about
2: the rat fight. <laughs> you forgot about the rat oh, fight. Shit. Oh, the rat fight was great. And then, uh, there was some great pro- there was some great progression with Jane and Larry both in that season too. All of the characters, and also that was the season where we got to meet. Um. Oh. 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 No. 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 Was season one the one where we got to meet uh, Vic's girlfriend? I can't remember if that was one or two. I
0: think that was a bit of one, and then it carried... Oh, no, I think it was it two, was. and then it carried into season three a little bit. Yeah, I think
2: you might be right. Yeah, because her story was fantastic. I wish they would have brought her back, but...
0: God, I'm trying to remember. I kind—I feel like I was a bit let down with that whole mm. storyline, but I, I can't remember, so... I remember. I'd have to go back and
2: listen to the episode. Season one was absolutely fantastic too. It's Mm -hmm. hard to really for me to pick between season one and season two Mm because Mister Nobody was like the perfect villain, was he not?
0: Absolutely, Uh, he was. (laughs) He's so petty. And
2: if it wasn't for Alan Tudyk, I don't think season one would have been nearly as good as it was.
0: I I would have to agree with that, yeah. I think. So for me, it's definitely season one okay. because it's, again, that introduction to these characters and this crazy-ass fucking world and yeah. this bonkers-ass villain and, yeah, just these broken people that are sad and funny and lovely all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just – I think season one for me just because I just – I didn't really know what to expect and I was pleasantly surprised with what I got. Well, good. And I loved it.
2: That's a perfect, perfect answer. So, So. uh,
0: let's see. So my thoughts on the final season was as a, as a season finale, it works. I think the two parts kind of makes it a bit disjointed Mm -hmm. and kind of separating the ending of the Immortus storyline like that really just left it to be lackluster because the end of part one is titled, that last episode of part one is Hope Patrol. Mm, so you're yeah. like, okay, things are going to be looking up for a gang, you know, sure. at least a little bit, you know, because right. how hopeful are they really? <laughs> but it left, I guess I was just so overall disappointed with the, underwhelmed with the Immortus storyline. Yeah. But again, I'll let it slide because it came back around and it all works. Yeah, So sure, sure. So, the series finale itself was, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of one of those things where it's like the first half of the episode, not even the first full half, but maybe the first like 10, 20 minutes of the episode was wrapping up the Immortus shit. Uh, And then the rest of it was spent with our main characters dealing, you know, coming to terms with their mortality Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and kind of saying their goodbyes and going off. To live their lives, or and or die. Right, right. So I thought it worked very well. I liked that they. I, I liked the choice of walking away, instead of trying to continue to push forward. Yeah, and sure, I love that even this crazy group of characters eventually sees the importance of self care. <laughs> Yep. You know what I mean? like
2: Better late than never. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, like like Clue says in the one episode, Jane's giving the pep talks. That's where we're
1: at yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> I would have to say, yeah, so, yep, my favorite season is season one. So, rewatchability.
2: Oh, uh, absolutely rewatchable. Yeah. T- again, uh, if I had to put that on a scale of one to five, five all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, if... For whatever bonkers reason, um, this sh- series were to get a, a reboot or a continuation of not necessarily these characters, but of the Doom Patrol, the Entity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on that? Is that something you would like to see, or are you good with how things have ended? Not, again, not
2: character wise, Doom Patrol wise. Right. Um, that's kind of hard to say because. Right? Considering how vast the Doom Patrol's history actually is, mm-hmm. they could do more, mm-hmm. but I think if they were to do more, it would have to be more like a prequel series. Um, going back, like, you remember, I think it was in series, th- or season three, I think it was, where we met the original Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it would have to be more revolved around the older version of the Doom Patrol, a younger version of Niles Calder, mm, uh, okay. you know, and just... Uh, maybe the earlier days of the ant farm before they were known as the ant farm. I forgot, I forgot what they used to be called. Um, so that's, if they were to do it, I'd like to see it done that way. Okay. I don't think I'd like to see any spinoffs for any of our remaining characters. Sure, I don't sure, think, no. I feel like if we did even a spinoff for like Jane, I feel like would be doing an injustice to these characters. I
0: agree. I don't, I, I, I 100% agree on no spinoffs. Yeah. Their endings were just fine.
2: Yes. You know? So, um, would i like to see it though mm, i don't think i'd care to see it but if they do it i'd watch it
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think this version is a great version it needs to be left alone yes now maybe bring back doom patrol the group and not the characters specifically mm-hmm. Um is obviously doable because, like you said, it's got a vast history in uh, the comic world. I mean, they originally aired in 19... or premiered in 1960-something. Yeah. And there's always... It, what, like the Suicide Squad? There's always people kind of... It's a rotating door.
1: Sure. Of yep. people in
0: and out. Absolutely. Um. Obviously, Cliff has been the longest-running member of Doom Patrol in the comics. Yep. So not necessarily so we're obviously not going to get more of cliff in any kind of reboot or continuation. Right. I I don't know that I would do a prequel series, but I could see somehow some way bringing back the Doom patrol but with a new set of characters. Okay. Perhaps you know to show that they're kind of connected. Maybe Rouge comes back to lead. To, you know, any of our surviving members, Rouge, sure. Larry, and or Kay, okay. could come back in the place of, a, of Niles.
2: Right, okay, sure. And I
0: think I read that at one point, Crazy Jane, and like in the comic books, did take the form of Niles as a leader type. Hmm. Um, again, just real fast with the Wikipedia this morning, so bad. nothing stuck. And then I inhaled noxious gas, and I've not been okay since. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my lungs Uh (laughs) oh man um so i think i would i think i would accept that but i'm in no rush for it right i think it's still too soon (laughs) because it's like cliff just died you guys
2: (laughs) yeah give us some time to breathe
0: so i know that was my question but i don't
2: really see you know what and honestly in the end it's i i don't see it happening um, especially with the way that Max HBO Warner Brothers, whatever they're treating their DC properties and I don't know if James Gunn is really gonna want to take his time on building up a show about the Doom Patrol when he's got so many other properties to work with now but
0: true, but he does love his obscure characters
2: uh, he really does he he is actually a really fan of those more well less lesser known characters. Mm-hmm. So you know what if he does if it's a reboot, if anyone could do a reboot of this show and give it the same kind of personality that this original series have, okay. it's going to be James Gunn. That's what I will say to
1: mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, considering they got him in, like, some 10-year fucking contract, dude's got time.
2: Well, two years of that is already up, so... Has it really already been two years? I believe so. Yeah, I think this is a, this is the second year, at okay, least. Okay, okay, yeah.
0: gotcha. Okay. I thought it was two years past, and we're on to... Year three? Gotcha. Yeah. No, no, no that's
2: time i mean i though. know
0: i don't have any concept of time but like damn <laughs> <laughs> all right so on to the stray bubbles anything that yes okie dokie see have, how well you've done without your notes I,
2: i've actually yes i don't i have not Eric didn't
0: bring all. his notes and so that's why you don't hear wrestling of papers for <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry about that
0: um, I'm sorry. I don't mean that as like a dig or anything, but just because you take so many notes I know, and you're always looking to make sure you're bringing up the right thing or yeah. referencing the right thing. So yeah.
2: Well, thank you for, the, I'm going to say thank you for the compliment. Okay. <laughs> 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 you're welcome. <laughs> I do have one stray bubble that really is sticking out. Okay. And that is going back to talking about Niles Calder. Yes. Now I mentioned before that, this uh, season was pretty wibbly wobbly, timey wimey mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And the most wibbly wobbly, timey wimey thing that I learned and that we learned this season is how Niles ended up in that wheelchair.
0: Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up um, because I was trying to remember if it was ever brought up in past episodes or seasons.
2: Nope. Okay. Never.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it, right? Yeah. Like it's. And kind it, of and, perfect, and
2: it's suitable. Well, we have to keep in mind Kipling, you know, gave him that potion that would give him get him to forget because mm-hmm. he can't know the future. Mm-hmm. But now, out of suddenly, Niles is going to have no memory of how he just broke his back. Mm-hmm. You know, but that makes me wonder though, did Kipling take the potion himself? Because I, I would, oh he had to have right. He's, I would he's think very
0: so. he was very much like it's a poison, it's a toxin. Yes, he's he created the potion.
2: And even Niles was gonna take the potion after he had his interview with uh with Jane.
0: Now, did do you think he did? Did we see him take it? He
2: had the vial there. Yeah, yeah. and he
0: had poured a little uh, out for ma- himself.
2: Maybe we didn't see him take it, but the fact that we never see any hint or reference that that interview had ever taken place through any other part of the series, I'd like to think that he did because he knows these are future events and that what that can cause. Mm-hmm. But he took the time. To talk to her because mm-hmm. he loves Jane like a daughter.
0: Well, and I loved also, too, that he took a second... I'm, I'm assuming he still took... He still drank the memory wipe yeah. juice. But I like to think that he took that moment to really kind of cherish the fact that everything works out okay for Jane. Yeah. And he got to see that ending. He knows at this point, you know, that he doesn't make it in the future. Yep. So I feel like this kind of helps him to rest easy, even in that brief moment of what I'm doing is working.
2: Yeah. And I think that's great because again, even if he had to, even when he has to wipe his memory of it, just cause he knows that he can't, he can't know the future. He takes the time with her because mm-hmm. like I just said, he he's even said he loves Jane like a daughter. Mm-hmm. He's said that in the, in past seasons and I love that they got he got to have that moment with her and that when she said what she said out loud, mm-hmm. even though she was saying it really for herself, I do like the fact that there was the comfort of having him there with her when yeah. she said it because in the end, he was the closest thing to a real father figure that she really had ever had. Yeah, She did love him, despite how much she fucking loathed him. Yeah, She loved him. Yeah. And I think between him being there the personalities being in the room, just basically everyone who she trusts, probably maybe except for the rest of the gang, but still everyone else she trusts, which mm-hmm. is basically herself mm-hmm. and Niles. Um, it was a really good moment for Jane to be cut to come out and say what she said mm-hmm. in front of him.
0: And I think out of everyone, it was always going to be Niles. Yeah, you know, for her to make any kind of major revelation about herself right. and, and to say it out loud, because it's one thing to have that revelation. It's another thing to make it real by saying it out loud. Yeah, and so I, I agree. I love that they got to have that moment.
2: And I think it was great. You know, I think we talked about um in our last recording that I wanted, you know, if there's anything we really wanted to see for the second half of this series and or the season. I I think one of us said, uh, you know, bringing back Niles or it's something to do with Niles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that we got to get his character back. Timothy Dalton is yeah. a fucking gem. I love, yeah. I love Timothy Dalton and just to see him back. And what was great is he was in that entire episode, man. I mean, oh, in yeah. different ways. And even in the, even with the, uh, uh, I loved when Madame Rouge, even just like disguised herself as him mm-hmm. after knocking him out. Yeah. Like I love the Rouge version of Niles too. I mean, <laughs> that was <great. laughs> Being yeah. all mean to her, to her past self, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it was a lot of fun, um, and also just the whole thing with the interaction with him and Cliff, um, and that whole thing with Cliff fighting the the, the Nazis with the uh, with the fucking electric axes or whatever oh, they yeah. had, and Niles throwing that knife right at him. He's like, "Well, now can you handle one?" Yep. <laughs> he was like, oh, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> it it really showed that even though it was a uh, Niles who didn't know the about this particular character yet, like mm-hmm. uh, I think he had, like they mentioned he had like drawings of him. It just seemed like they had like bittersweet moments together in the in that mm-hmm. scene. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I agree, and I think that was a great chance for Cliff to really kind of confront all the anger that he had yeah. towards Niles, even though it wasn't necessarily this Niles, right? Um, but I, I can't I can't help but imagine that that helped him work out some of his complicated emotions regarding Niles because sure. you know that whole gang like as angry as they were at Niles for him being the reason they are how they are. He was still like they're the patriarch of them. Yes. You know, he was. And it's hard to reconcile those kind of feelings of, I fucking hate you. But at the same time, like you did also help take care of me because it was your fault. I'm like this. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) You know, so fully,
0: I like that. And then, yeah, to find out that Cliff is the reason that Niles broke his back kind of makes, I just, I love how that just further further complicates that relationship.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even even Cliff is just like, no, no, this, this isn't how it happened. I don't break your fucking back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just like, why is everything on me? So. Yeah. but I'd And then not- I like
2: how Kipling's just like, oh, you poor. Pull- Sap, yeah, or whatever he says to him. Well,
0: I like that. Even Kipling was just like, you know, I've done some asshole, degenerate things, but to take a dying man's longevity is was like a whole new low, even for Kipling.
2: That's <laughs> like, a new low oh, for
0: Kipling. Damn. It's
1: fucking low. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I don't really have much else to add to stray bubbles. I'm sure while I'm editing, I will find numerous things. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, just going through my notes, there was a um the farting donkey was kind of present throughout this last half between um there was in epis in that first episode seven, they're showing like a little map of like and like a caricature cartoony kind of map and the gang moving around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Via farting donkey. Yeah. Uh, there was a farting donkey on the parade float.
2: That's right. So it's always been a continuous reference. It has this been. Series. I'm just
0: like, way to hold on to your roots, yeah, guys. For sure. I love <laughs> it. Um, yeah, that's. We'll just kind of leave it at that for now because I think we're good. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're
0: good. <laughs> All right, so that leads us to the beginning of the end, and that is the Midwest goodbye. So as always, we start with the six degrees of Nicholas Cage, <laughs> where we get to Sir Nicholas Cage from. This season of Doom Patrol in six steps or less. Mm-hmm. Why? Because why the fuck not? Eric,
2: how'd you do? Well, Jen hooked me up with this amazing little website called the oracleofbacon.org,
0: which I got from Meg Griffin, who is uh, one of the co hosts of Bedwetter Behead.
2: Well, this wonderful website will let you get to a 6 degree or less of any celebrity out there. And mm-hmm. I had to take advantage of it to see how well it worked. And this is a pretty fucking spot on. And the results are so fast too. It's yes. insane. Yep. So I I went with a character who I am not sure that if we've talked that either you and I have touched up on and yeah, we really need to keep track of that better. Yes. Uh so Matt Bomer is who I went with. Okay. Um so Matt Bomer uh starred in a, I believe this is a, he was a voice actor in, uh, the, uh, movie Superman Unbound. Yes. And you know in that he starred with the actress, Melissa Daisy, who was in the Croods, A New Age, mm-hmm. which also starred Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel, and I, I know exactly how this is going to sound, but I feel like I did Matt Bomer in one of the previous episodes. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It might have been the episode I kept calling him Matt Boomer or Boomer. Matt Boomer? I went through the whole episode saying his last name wrong, so when I caught it during editing, I was like, shoot me in the face. Oh. Oh, my God. All right. I went with Charity Cervantes, Cervantes, who played Isabel Fucking Feathers. Nice. She was in the movie Strays with Garrett Hines. Who was in the movie Stolen with Nicolas Cage.
2: Wait, strays the new the, the movie that came out not that long ago about the dogs? Sure. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Oracle of Bacon just I, said so. I,
0: pretty much. <laughs> I was starting to just my usual way through IMDB, but I was like, you know what? I still have to write my intro and <laughs> other couple other things. So I was like, nope, Oracle of Baconing it. No, that's funny. So all right. Um, and I only had the one today. You usually
2: have like nine. I know,
0: right? <laughs> All right. And moving on to what has been streaming in Yule Bubble. So what have you been watching? And you know what? Watching, reading, or any video games you might be playing. What you been doing with your life?
2: Um, actually. There is a show that I just started watching, and unfortunately, I cannot remember the name of it right now, so I'm pulling it up. It's new uh, it's new on uh, Amazon. Um, I'll pull it up in a second, but I have watched... I just finished watching uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho live-action series on Netflix, which, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. it is what on, is it? It's called Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, it, okay. All right. So, uh, are you familiar with the anime? Nope. All right. So, it was a 90s anime. Um... A uh, lot of fun. It was basically about this guy named Yusuke uh, y- Urameshi. He's a spirit detective. He's a, he's a teenage kid with attitude. Oh, like a know? Power Ranger, Sorry. kind <laughs> of. And you know, you know, and he. Uh, he 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 ends up getting killed and then he gets brought back to life and then he has to work as a detective for the spirit realm to stop demons hmm. and anyways netflix like it was a very popular very very popular anime in the 90s and netflix adapted a, a live action version of this and the like most animes it's like 2 300 episodes yeah you know and they crunch this all down into 6 episodes now yeah, that was my face. Like, I was like, cringe. I don't know about this. Uh-huh. They did it so well. There were things that I was, there were, there were big things they had to leave out, but they definitely left it open for future, for the for the series to, you know, have, you know, uh, future seasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But for a show that based itself around a 300 episode anime and only crunched that into six, less than six hour episodes altogether. Mm-hmm. They did it surprisingly tasteful. So
0: so is it just the one season then? Yes. Of the li- live action. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Was it always meant to be just like a limited season, limited series run in it, that sense? It or? doesn't
2: say that. No. Okay. So it doesn't say it's a limited season or a limited series. So I'm thinking there are going to be more seasons that are going to come out. Maybe they just wanted to do it this way to see how people would react to it. I don't know. Um, mm, seems like a I'd... lot of money to waste just to...
0: See, my whole thing is right now is I am so fucking irritated with Netflix. It's to the point where it's like, what is even the point of you other than I'm rewatching The Witcher?
2: There you go. <laughs> well, Henry Cavill. There's your, there's your point.
0: It just, it's a whole nother rant. and That's okay. We'll, I'll stop there. So well, the,
2: the only other thing that I've really been watching, and actually I've kind of just started this. I'm not all the way through it yet. Uh, it's on Amazon, and then I just found it. It's called Has Been Hotel. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? No. It's an animated show. It's about a, from what I'm gathering, it's about a um, hotel no. in the depths of hell, <laughs> where uh, the daughter of uh, the devil is basically the caretaker, and she wants more with her, more, more from her life, and she finds, uh, finds a way to take these uh, putrid souls and these damned souls and try to make them good and get them into heaven. It's. It's a musical show. The animation's really cool. I found out that the show has been like 9 years in the making or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, so I like I li- I literally just found out about the show like not even a full week ago and I watched the first three episodes and I was like, "Oh, nice. this is fun so far." Right yeah. On. So, uh there's that and otherwise um no, I haven't really been streaming a whole lot more lately. Um yeah, not much to go off of at the moment except for that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have to say, not a whole lot. I've been doing, you know, some rewatches here and there, a couple of new things that um I've already finished. So really what... it I'm just... I, I'm stuck on the continent with Geralt and Yennefer. And I can't fucking get off of it. Sorry. So I'm not... I'm sorry if it makes it sound like I'm complaining. I'm really kind of not. But I'm obsessed with the game uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Mm. Still playing that. Fucking love it. And that led into a rewatch of The Witcher. So I finished season one in like a couple of days, <laughs> which actually then put me behind on my Doom Patrol pod prep. Oh, and by, and I use the word put me behind like very loosely because it was like what six episodes for mm-hmm. this last second half. So mm-hmm. I didn't need like as much time, but still. I was like I think I messaged you like well <laughs> I made the, made the mistake of restarting the Witcher. <laughs> I don't regret it, but <laughs> so I'm I finished season 1 so I'm into season 2. Yeah. So between the two, the game and the show, that's really kind of all I've been doing. You know what else I actually watched
2: not that long ago and it just How oh, did you watch it that long ago? Um the Squid Game game show.
0: Oh, yeah. I
2: got to tell you, um, kind of funny. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. It's a game show. I don't watch, like, reality game shows, but I loved Squid Game, so I just had to check it out. Mm-hmm. And watching, like, the drama is just, it's 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 priceless. I just love that stuff.
0: I refuse to watch the reality show out of principle. um, Because it's like...
2: Did we watch the same show?
0: Well, I mean, they definitely is got... is it the same takeaway? Clearly not.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, they definitely got it wrong. <laughs> you know,
1: and people they lived got in it the wrong.
0: <laughs> they got it wrong by making the making it
2: into a game show in the first place. Now, had it been a game show and it was based on the real life concept of the actual show, that would have made it a little more entertaining. Like if people actually died. Take take five hundred of the world's worst people and just throw them in, and the winner gets ten years shaved off their sentence. <laughs>
1: Make it a suicide, like like suicide, suicide swap. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you must participate, or there's bombing plant and your neck will go off. <laughs> right during the tug of war. <laughs> oh man.
2: Oh. Just can you imagine that game of red light, green light? Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh.
0: Yeah. I did see they uh, Netflix did release like a teaser for a bunch of their upcoming stuff for oh, this year. Okay. So there was a bit in there for season two of Squid Games. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit in there for the final season of Umbrella Academy. Oh, I'm glad to hear
2: that's still on. I'm it's the last season. It. Okay.
0: So, which is fine because I don't think the books really went on beyond kind of what oh. I'm. Thinking we well, I still get. haven't watched
2: it, so now that I know the last season's coming, that's going to give me a good opportunity to actually finally watch it all.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and they great. have fun musical numbers kind of sprinkled throughout too. Oh, of course so they do. <laughs> I love it. All right. Not like a whole episode, but like
1: mm-hmm.
0: musical numbers, which right. just kind of makes it that much more fun. So I am looking forward to watching that and to see if they can. They did a character so dirty in the last season it pissed me the fuck off. Wow. So they better fix that shit. Okay. So. But yeah, otherwise that's it. I mean, tons of stuff, I guess, to look forward to. So yeah,
2: yeah. well, um, hopefully this is a good year for te- for television. I don't. I haven't really paid attention to too much that's coming out this year, but um, yeah. I know that we got another season of Harley Quinn coming out. Of course, mm-hmm. um, I'm actually behind on the last season. I still have to finish that. I
0: don't. I think I still have like the last episode to watch, and I've been putting it off. Oh really? I'm, you know, I'm I'm being the eleventh doctor. I don't like endings. You don't like <laughs>
2: endings? Um, oh, that's something I'm really looking forward to, is the new season of Doctor Who. Yes. Yes.
0: That's, what, spring?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah, premiering, like, May 21st or something like okay. that. Okay. Not that long from now. No. So that's going to be great. Kuti Yatwa is going to be insanely awesome. I am. Oh,
0: he was so fucking good in in uh, the Christmas the Church on Ruby
2: Road episode. Have you been paying attention to the news around it though? A, a little bit. Like I heard, the girl who's the new companion is actually no longer uh, part of the show. Um, so,
0: what I heard was that after this season, she'll be leaving, and okay. no one. I mean, I think I think it's more of the um, everyone kind of speculating as to why that might be, if there was drama or whatever. But every other Hoovian's just like, well, it's a lot of. Companions don't have more than a season run. That is true. So. I mean, the
2: ones who get more than... I mean, we can, they can't all be Amelia Pons, you know? Yeah. Or <laughs> And
0: Arouse. on that note, we are going to go ahead and say goodbye. So I want to obviously thank Eric for joining me today and having the final Doom Patrol conversation. Oh.
2: I hate it when we have these conversations about last seasons. They're always so sad. We have too many of those.
0: We do. Uh, Let's just do movies (laughs) (laughs) for a minute. That's it.
2: We hate endings. Docu series, no. God, oh
0: fuck, no. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So thank you, Eric, for being here in the pod basement and to go over the final season of Doom Patrol and just for being a part of the Doom Patrol conversation with me and. Yeah.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Yeah, no problem. And of course, I want to thank all to. I want to give a big thank you to all my lovely bubblies for listening, and as always, I fucked that up.
1: (laughs) As always, I fucked that up.
2: (laughs) What What an appropriate ending for the last episode of Doom Patrol.
0: My God. Anyway, thank you all for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as MyStreamingBubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support
1: and keep streaming.